0: The Psychology of Storytelling by Graham Brown. You're listening to Graham Brown on the Be More Human podcast. If you enjoy storytelling, leadership, podcast, AI, all of that, then subscribe to my podcast on your favorite podcast platform, iTunes or Spotify. Today is about storytelling and importantly, the psychology behind it. Those Jedi mind hacks that you can apply to become a better storyteller. So why would you want to become a better storyteller? And what role does storytelling have in business? I believe that storytelling is intrinsically linked to leadership. And leadership is only as good as the stories that the leader can tell. Let me explain. When John F. Kennedy, the US president, stood before Congress in 1961 and pitched the idea of going to the moon, he wasn't trying to get a yes from Congress. He was telling a story. When Jack Ma, the founder of Alibaba, pitched the idea to a group of young graduates, he wasn't presenting a business plan. He was telling a story. And when Steve Jobs, the master storyteller, stood on stage and revealed to the world the iPhone for the first time. He wasn't presenting, as so many managers do, a product. He was telling a story. And that's the point. The best stories don't look like stories at all. But like every good movie and book you've ever read, they share the same structures and outcomes. And that outcome is whether watching the TV with your family or reading a book on your own or presenting the data to the board, the outcome is the same. Stories make us care. Stories influence others. And stories change our worlds. And if you want to know why, you have to also look at the history of storytelling. We've been telling stories for thousands of years. And some of the first stories are there on cave walls in the south of France, where you can see pictures of animal stampedes, the trails, the buffaloes. And there, in the cave paintings of prehistoric Neolithic man in the bottom right hand corner of this scene a pair of tiny female hands, the imprint of her hands on the image, just as any kid in a kindergarten today across the world, regardless of language or creed, will place her hands in the paint tray and make the imprint on the wall. We, no matter our age, no matter our language, no matter our culture, have been telling stories For thousands of years. Of course, kids love stories. My son loves them just as much as the next kid when he was just six years old. I remember very distinctly, he had a birthday party and he had to, without compromise, go dressed as a pirate. It had to be a pirate or there was going to be no party whatsoever. So we had to buy him. The pirate fancy dress costume. Why? Why do kids love being pirates? Well, grown-ups love being pirates too. Steve Jobs famously said, it's more to fun to be a pirate than to be the Navy. Now, he wasn't actually knocking the Navy. He was celebrating that swashbuckling sense of adventure, that possibility that gets unleashed when we allow ourselves to be creative, to make believe and make believe today is extremely important because it becomes one of the most human aspects of communication it's flow it's empathy it's connection it's storytelling and as we become more and more automated as our lives are managed more and more by data and machines and artificial intelligence, we will place an increasing premium on what is not a machine. We will place increasing premium on the human touch because that's what we've been doing for thousands of years and that is how we connect. Stories are fundamentally core to our evolutionary success And if you read the human communication playbook, I talk about the great decoupling stories were our software and our bodies and our brains were our hardware. And at some point we managed to decouple our evolution from our biological frame, which enabled us to teach and share information about tools and about food and about animals to each other without having to evolve that to the next generation. I could tell you a story about hunting. I could tell you a story about behavior and moral codes, which I could pass from individual to individual. I didn't have to wait to thousands of years of evolution to get that result through natural selection, through storytelling, through the transfer of culture into the cloud, the story. We could accelerate human progress in years, in months when it would have taken thousands of generations. And that is why that we as a species have become very fine tuned and receptive to storytelling. Because the successful tribes The ones who learned how to transfer information, for example, this is where you go, this is where the watering holes of the buffalo are, or you shouldn't eat these berries, or this is how we should behave as a tribe and treat each other. Those tribes that discovered and shared information in this way were, over time, the most successful tribes because they were subject to less failure. They were able to expand. They were able to avoid disease and famine and disaster. Better, they were agile more than the next guys. And storytelling created agility because it meant that we weren't relying on our physical frame, our hardware, to solve the problems. And that is why, if you look at the expansion of mankind, mankind could move from Africa into different geological and geographical and climatic environments, because we adapted and the key to that adaption wasn't our physical frame, it was storytelling. Because we could carry with us ideas and we could learn new ideas and not wait for that to be transferred biologically to a new generation. We could experiment. So storytelling is key to adaptation, evolution and survival. And that is why those who have survived have by the very process of natural selection become very receptive and very good at storytelling. We as a species are storytellers. Our brains and the psychology and the mechanism of our brains is fine-tuned to stories. That is why children are extremely receptive to stories. That's why they want to dress up as pirates. But it's also why we as adults are still receptive to stories. And yet the reason is, is what differs us from kids is kids have no fear. We as adults are fearful. You look at, for example, ordering food. You look, for example, at an adult with all that experience who walks into a store in a foreign country where they don't speak your language and ends up buying what they already know. That's why adults take time. They always complain that they can't learn a new language because they're too old. Well, the reason is, is it's not they're too old. It's they're too scared. They're scared of looking stupid and opening their mouth and sounding like a five-year-old. But a five-year-old doesn't care because they already sound like a five-year-old. That's why kids can learn language so fast because they are not afraid of making mistakes. So put corporate overalls, a suit and tie on a story and it stops becoming make-believe. And yet here we are, the same physical human entities that have for hundreds of thousands of years adapted, evolved, and learnt through story. The Three Little Pigs is understood by millions of people around the world. And think about it. What better way to teach people the value of hard work and sacrifice. Now, if your teacher had said to you as a kid, I want to tell you about hard work and sacrifice, you have to work hard. Otherwise, you may find that you face some adversity later in your life, and you lose everything. You might want to play now. But let me tell you, a little bit of sacrifice self sacrifice now will pay off long term now that's quite hard to perceive for a young kid who lives their lives in the moment and yet the three little pigs teaches them all they need to know and the great thing about the three little pigs is it doesn't have any action points stories don't tell stories reveal the truth to people. And that is key. Because when you look at Steve Jobs, the master storyteller, and I detail in the book, Psychology of Storytelling, if you don't have a copy of this, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn for it. And it's also in the Human Communication Playbook. Same again, same drill, ping me on LinkedIn. Steve Jobs didn't present bullet points. Steve Jobs told stories without clear action points and the point is is that because our brain and our culture and our culture and the stories we've been telling for thousands hundreds of thousands of years are ingrained in our culture and our communication and the pathways of understanding in our head you don't need to clearly lay out action points you just need to tell a story but put a suit and tie on And make-believe becomes, get real. We self-edit. We get scared. We listen to the resistance in our heads. The resistance is that part of our brain that lives inside the amygdala. The lizard brain that goes way back beyond Before human civilization, when we were lizard-like creatures scurrying around with four legs. That's the brain that we have still in us today. That's the brain that media speaks to when it tells us about scary people, brown people, terrorists, disease, crime, gangs. That's The brain that we have inside our heads and it's easy to manipulate because when was the last time you saw a newspaper that was full of good news? Well, good news is as relevant and frequent as bad news. You know, when are we going to tell the story about the neighbor who helped out the old grandma next door? It's always becomes, in the narrative of news, the last segment. And finally, let me tell you a nice heartwarming story. Well, why isn't it the other way around? It's what we choose to focus on. And it's the narrative told by media because we are, by default, driven by the lizard brain. And the lizard brain sells newspapers and advertising because it's easier to get people scared and when people are scared they're wondering what happens next i need to buy the newspaper to find out what happens next and then people become outraged and then people become the faux manipulated fearful compliant passive consumers that make good readers of newspapers and good audiences for advertising but this isn't our most human state of existence or performance so when we stand up there to present when we are going to tell share inform the world about our new product or our idea or our technology who wins the lizard brain or you make believe or the resistance because in so many times we've seen this so many times a great idea listens to the resistance in the heads of everybody and that is the lizard brain talking and it tells you to self-edit It tells you that plot lines should become PowerPoint bullet points. It tells you that disruption should become optimization. It tells you that benefits become features. Emotion becomes logic. Fanatical tribes become skeptical committees. Trailblazing becomes benchmarking. And leadership becomes management. And ultimately, dreams become plans make believe becomes get real. If you watch Martin Luther King stand 60 years ago in front of the Lincoln Memorial in Washington and deliver one of the most memorable speeches in modern history, what does he say? I have a plan? Because that's what managers are doing everywhere around the world right now when they're presenting bullet points and PowerPoint. They are not speaking true to their own voice. They are simply the mouthpiece of a lizard brain. That's the psychology of storytelling. When the lizard brain gets in control, you are not true to your own voice. That voice inside you is saying it's more comfortable to stay where you are and be normal. That voice wants you to write a plan, not tell a story. But here's the thing. Nobody gives a shit about your plan. I'm sorry, but that's how it is. That's the reality. Plans don't launch iPhones. Plans didn't take us to the moon, did they? Plans don't raise money and plans don't move people. Martin Luther King never had a plan. Plans are what managers follow. King had a dream and people care about those stories. We want dreams and make believe not because we want to live in some airy fairy la la land no not at all that's the lizard brain talking to you what dreams and make believe really is is understanding what the future could be because everybody wants to understand what happens next that is the crux of every single story ever told and when i start podcasts for my clients and help them plan. One of the key mentoring value adds that I give and offer is to move them out of normal because normal doesn't change anything. Nobody cares about normal products. Zune's MP3 player from Microsoft was normal, but who even remembers that? Normal brands, normal data, nobody cares if you asked a normal manager to take us to the moon he would build a taller tower and that's why when we look at storytellers we think somehow they are gifted and yet all they're doing is learning to dance with their fear they are not crazy they are not outliers. They are just people who have learned that the value of being able to be true to their voice is greater than the cost of potentially facing rejection from other people. And those who live for the expectations of others will also die by their rejection. Now, these storytellers aren't crazy. They just care less about other people's opinions than normal people do. That gives them the ability to do what's needed as opposed to doing what's popular. And if you watch Steve Jobs' Crazy Ones, Homage, which was taken originally from Jack Kerouac, you'll see exactly what I mean. If you want to play it safe, then stay as you are. If you're afraid of cracking a few eggshells in life, fine. Except that you will be average forever. But if you want to create conversations that matter, if you want to build products and be part of projects that people care about, you need to become a better storyteller. And if you want to know how, get my book. It's free The Psychology of Storytelling. There are courses as well on pickle.com if you're interested in how to of structuring better narratives. But for now, you can contact me on LinkedIn, Graham Brown. You've been listening to Be More Human.